0: Join us at The Hedge for a conversation about engineering, technology, and business.
1: In this episode, Russ White, Tom Ammon, Yvonne Sharp, and Jason Gouley dig into building Chinock.
2: Well, hi, Tom. Glad to see you're back, and you're back with your printer sitting next to you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's right there. Keeping me company. Keeping you company. Something's got to keep him company. And Yvonne Sharp, you know, when she first came on, Hello? I, I just saw her forehead. I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> and then, Just a forehead. Just a forehead. Then I would have had to have gone where Jason is. Jason Gooley joins us on this episode of The Hedge. He's in the hospital. He's actually laying in a hospital bed. You can't see it but he's so dedicated to coming on the hedge that he decided to come here anyway. I actually think he's sitting behind the nurse's station or something like that. I am.
1: (laughs) There's nobody here. It's totally cool.
2: (laughs) So so hi Jason. Glad to have you on the hedge. Um, So Jason, let's just start right at the beginning and talk about uh, what Chinog is a little bit or Chinog I'm not sure how you say it is it yeah. Chinog like let's start
0: there
1: what yeah. do we call this thing yes. so it's not Chinog it's more Chinog so for Chicago Network Operators Group so Chi-Town you know the Windy City uh, you know we're because we're all full of hot air but uh, no I'm just kidding but, but you know Chinog yeah it's uh, it, sometimes we put a hyphen in there so we make sure it's Chinog otherwise you know if you do the, if you do the hashtag sometimes you can't do the you can't do the uh, the hyphen, so it's Chinag.
2: Yeah. Oh. Okay, so so Shineog, so yeah. let's start by explaining what Shineog is. Let's just start there because I think that's an interesting place to start. A lot of people listening to this probably don't even know what Shinog is.
1: Sure. So uh, Shinog is the Chicago Network Operators Group, which essentially means that you know we we sat down and we decided, well, why don't we bring together a bunch of people in our own community here in Chicago and build up you know some sort of operators group where we can get different perspectives and we can have something for the engineers out there and there really wasn't anything out there versus you know we had uh, a couple Cisco connects and things like that but nothing was really focused on specifically the engineer so uh, I was Tom uh, Kapritsky and then Brian McGann myself we kind of figured out how to get this thing going and I think the first one I attended was four or five people sitting in a bar in Chicago called Bar Louis. and it was just a little table and we, were, we had a lot we were all gathered around like this little laptop we're just going through different ideas of presentations and technology, and uh, it has grown substantially since then. I think uh, I think we're over over three hundred people now attending, and uh, all thanks to a lot of our sponsors and things like that. So it's been really cool. You've been there a couple times.
2: Yeah, I think I've spoken at every at every out Well, since you started having real speakers or something like
1: right, yeah, which is the first one that Russ spoke at. <laughs> <You know.
0: laughs> Real speakers as opposed to imaginary speakers?
2: That's, yes, that's <laughs> correct. Check it. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>. Hello. <laughs> so, so. I guess, I mean, it's interesting that you started this because, of course, there's Nanog, which a lot of people know sure. about, and I'm going to Apricot next week, which is another, like, a Nanog-type thing, but it's Asian Pacific. And then there's RITE, which is the big European network operators group. So explain to me a little bit about how this is different than, say, a Nanog or even a Nanog on the road so that because people might be familiar with those.
1: Yeah, so it's actually it, it's, it's different but and also similar to a Nanog, right? Because uh, when we were kicking around this idea, uh, the idea was, like, well nanog is is kind of like the big thing you want to model everything after right it's the big one that everybody knows about so we were trying to think about how do we do something like that at a smaller scale and just in chicago so we took a lot of the ideas of how nanog was laid out and built a local operators group out of it now it is different in the sense that um you know this there's there's three people or four people now running this entire thing and uh um, it's just everybody sits is local and you know now now kind of moves around and this is just a Chicago thing that just we started homegrown and uh, It just keeps it keeps growing and growing and growing So what did you I'm curious um, as you started it and it's grown um what Have you been surprised at the size of the networking community in Chicago, or did you kind of know that there are this many people
2: and this is what they do?
1: So a little bit of both because I think that we knew that there were people there who were interested, um, but we were surprised to see how fast it grew because it seemed like it I – I couldn't say exactly that it doubled every year, but I could say that it was pretty close to getting bigger and bigger like that every year. And when you go back and look at the numbers and you see who's coming, we have a really cool like layout of – who came from, where people were coming from, actually uh, all over the world, and it started off that we had originally followed um, the ITW conference, which is Internet, International Teleworkers Conference, because that was always in Chicago, at least at the time it was, right? And there were a lot of people from there, so we would have it kind of like, you know, either the week before or the week after that, and we would get people from all over the world who would attend ITW and come to Shine On. And that's how we ended up first starting to get some of our sponsors and things like that. And uh, it's it's kind of far blown away all of our expectations. And this will be our ten year anniversary this year, so it'll be Shine On Ten.
0: And how many people do you expect?
1: Uh, a little bit over three hundred this year.
2: It's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been pretty
2: good. And you get some really cool speakers, actually. You get people flying from all over the place to talk about all sorts of pretty advanced technical topics. Um, So it's not impossible to do that, right? I mean, that's something that a lot of people who are facing thinking about doing this type of thing would think, I can't get speakers like, you know, fish or I don't know whoever else, Ron Bonica, and whoever else shows up to come, but it seems like you can. So, yeah. how do you pull that off? I mean, with only 300 people, it seems like a lot of people wouldn't be interested, but. Uh,
1: you know, it, know. Go, it goes back to community, right? Um, I think when we were trying to come up with this idea to build this whole community, Everybody we've been fortunate to reach out to, yourself, you mentioned Fish, you know, Preeti Capella from Juniper, like all these different speakers from all over the world, we just basically call them and say, hey, uh, we're running this thing. I got this idea. What do you think? And I, I have not had anybody really not want to lean forward and do it which has been pretty awesome. And I think it just goes to show you that, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. And the folks who we're trying to drive in as good, awesome speakers, they're at that stage where they're wanting to give back and help people. And uh, I think this is a pretty good forum to do it.
0: Well, one of the observations that I'll make about the networking community is I have felt, even, even as you compare those two, you know, there are all kinds of technical communities online. Yeah. But the networking folks have always seemed to be super helpful uh super open to inviting people to come along and join in and to say, Hey, you've got something interesting to say. We want to know what your environment looks like, what you're doing, how things work in your world. Let me share how about how things are in my world and, and just super generous with themselves and with what they know. And I think if, if there were anything that I would want people to know about the networking community, first of all, don't take that for granted because all communities aren't that way. And that uh, there's there's a there's a place for you, regardless of your ability level, regardless of how long you've been in the industry, to show up and maybe at first listen and then over time contribute. Um, and, and I think that's for me that's one of the things I love about the
1: networking community. I mean that's a good point because safety, right? I mean you have to feel like you're in a safe spot for you to even be able to open up and talk. Yeah and frankly, a lot of Networking operators networking engineers a lot of them are introverts where they don't necessarily they're not as rambunctious as I am and they just don't run around and hey everybody and talk to everybody right but you know they want to learn they still have the same needs of learning and sharing and trying to elevate their their careers so hopefully we try to make this like a safe place where you come you learn a whole bunch of stuff you have a great time and then maybe you tell a friend or two that you enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. It, yeah, I've I've been impressed with the growth of, of uh Shinog personally. I mean, over the years as I've come and, and hung out and stuff like that. It's becoming much more much more interesting, becoming a little more central. Now, an interesting question. Like you started this for China for Chicago area operators, but now you're getting people from other places. Do you think it's going to grow regional? Do you think you're just trying to stay in just in the Chicago area specifically? How are you trying to play this in the long term?
1: Yeah. You know what? So that's a great question. Cause you know, Tom, Brian and I, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, Vince, we're, we're sitting here talking about this even just like a few weeks ago, cause we we're trying to plan for the 28th. And one of the things that, uh, that we were talking about is like, well, yeah. we, we've noticed that a lot of other NOGs have been kind of coming to us and asking, you know, for how to get stuff started and things. We don't know, I mean, I, I don't know, expect that it's gonna be like a nanog national level thing, but it, it's starting to turn into one of those things where now we're even debating on do we do more than one day, you know, and we got to talk about that too here the, because even that has been uh, coming up quite a bit. You know, originally it was four hours; you'd sit there, it was a half a day thing. You'd have a, a speaker or two. You go through a, like a group, you know, group scenario where you, you discuss some sort of technology. Then it moved to a full eight-hour day, and then now we have a full eight-hour day with separate tracks in the afternoon because there are so many people who want to learn different things that we had to put like service provider and and hefty automation and things like that programmability together and take like the typical enterprise networking wireless security stuff and try to make it like where it's two kind of parallel tracks because there's just so much demand so that, that's um, I think we're still trying to figure that out um, we love to see it grow uh, and we love being able to help anybody who wants to kind of go on a journey but I don't know if it'll be manageable if we went to a, a nationwide thing or a multi-day thing, even. So,
2: right, right. still thinking. So, yeah, no, I think that's actually important. That's an important point about building communities like this: is to know your limits and to figure out how to spawn more versions of this rather than you trying to grow and consume the entire space in sure. some sense. Right. Um, I, you know, it's, it's the old scale free network problem. When right. you get enough connections in place, it gets too, it's, there's too much energy spent keeping the connections alive and not enough doing what needs, what the, what the original group came together to do. So I think that's, I think that's an experience we all have right there that, uh, yeah. that, you know comes down to so now another interesting question is this you do this once a year so there have been many many groups in the networking world that have started once a week once a month and they just do an evening on once a month it seems really easy to do that why did you choose to do once a year and like just talk us through a little bit of what you were thinking there
1: yeah i I think uh, initially our plan was we were we were kind of kicking around doing like something quarterly Uh, you know when it was like four of us sitting at a bar you know and and then maybe there was like eight of us but it ended up going kind of going so fast and growing so big that it was just like there's no with the amount of planning you have to do because I I think the biggest and hardest part and we have some fortunate we're fortunate we have some really cool people who will help us with all the logistics and everything but you have to secure a venue and then you have to get all the funding of what it's going to cost for that venue so that's where all the sponsors and very critical and it takes unfortunately as you know some of these big companies uh, it's not exactly easy to secure the funding you have to go through a lot of shoots and ladders and red tape and things like that to be able to say okay here's the here's the sponsorship money and you know and usually they also want to say well what do, what do they plan to get back out of that right so most people don't just say hey I'm gonna sponsor just because I love network engineers and it's out of the kindness of my heart they want to know what they're going to kind of get back out of it so we have to make sure that we make everybody happy right and that that planning takes a long time and it's it's kind of tough and we all have day jobs too and when you when you start stacking all those things together with family and kids and everything I don't might be about pushing it (laughs) that's about it
0: When that was that was really, I, I'm glad we kind of went this direction because that was going to be my next question. Is how do you think about how to manage sponsors? I mean, you got to pay for a venue. There's there's coordination that has to be done, and those things cost money. Um, but also, you want to keep this focused on, you know, practitioners and the technology. So, how have you balanced that sponsorship? and the need to at least fund the event, and keeping, um, you know, committed to what you're really about, which is this gathering of operators.
1: Yeah, so that's, we lucked out a little bit in that department, and, and you know, and the reason I say that is uh, one of the folks that Tom has uh, went to school with was a woman named Tracy Wee, who works at, I believe it's called Caps LLC, and they, do events that's literally what they do and they're 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 pretty tight friends and we were fortunate enough to get Tracy to help us out with a lot of the logistics like the badges and you know following up with sponsors and sending out the initial prospectus and who you know this is what you get based on each sponsorship level and and then we kind of sneaker netted out where it's like you know some of our own companies we go back and knock at 50 different departments and say hey by the way uh, we have more people going to this event than our company does on a local level so can we maybe think about you know funding and there's a lot of stuff like that that you know we have to kind of take on double duty where we're not only planning you know who's going to be there who are the speakers going to be what building is it going to be and we also have to kind of rely on each other and rely on uh, Tracy and Tracy's team to get you know the kind of really be cracking the whip on getting these sponsorships in because if not it gets really difficult really fast You're muted, Russ.
2: Yeah, thanks. So you would say it's not a break-even affair, right? You would say that you need the sponsors to actually pay for the venue and stuff like that. That It's not something that the the people coming do pay registration, but they're not covering the cost of doing the venue and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's, it's basically one of those things. that That's why, like, if you look at some of the structure of what we do with our, um, our passes, you get an early bird special where you get it a little bit cheaper. And the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. That's because there is a substantial amount that has to go towards the hotel or venue. And then you have to pay for, like, catering and people sponsoring that and getting that in there and then everything at one of these venues is a cost so oh, if you need a hardwired ethernet jack at the front so we can actually do demos and not have to worry about the wi-fi curse right you have to every little thing costs. so we have to make sure that we have enough chairs and so I don't know how often I would say we break even I think it's a lot of the a lot of times this is a non-profit I mean there's just nothing we don't sell anything right so really it basically boils down to how many people can attend and, and have food and all the stuff with it based on how many sponsors we get, and then sometimes we even go about having to cap you know limit how many people are can actually register because if too many people register you know we don't we might not have enough to to kind of offset everything so it's, it's tricky there's a balance for sure
2: that's interesting, yeah I didn't realize you were actually capping registration because of the financial end of things that's actually an interesting tidbit that i didn't uh, that i didn't know about yeah uh, and- but But I guess that's a good tip for somebody who's thinking about doing something like this is that you can limit the participation by just capping the number of people who register, which helps you manage the cost because attendees actually cost you money. They don't make you money in a sense. Yep. Have yeah
1: you, have you heard, oh sorry no go ahead no, go right ahead. I, I was just going to ask have you have you heard any any cool stories about what people like what has happened to people's careers or their own connections as a result of the community anything there that's actually yeah, so there, there's quite a bit of that, which is kind of nice um, when you when you do this event it's technically in our in our backyard you see a lot of recurring people coming back who's like oh this is my fifth or sixth shinog and i'm like wow oh, that's awesome you know I, mean, I remember doing the same thing going to cisco live or something like oh this is i met russ at my first cisco live you know 2013 orlando i get there i had me, just me got, too wait I, I had, me too yeah me seriously, too. seriously so <laughs> we I, 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 I oh, oh wow. so i get there it's 2013 um i think it was june uh so March 29th, I passed my route switch CCIE. I go to Cisco Life for the first time in my life as a CCIE. And it just got hired on at Cisco, but didn't start until July 8th. So my head is like ready to explode. I walk through the cool little CCIE door at the certification lounge and I sit down and I'm I'm eating and I'm I'm just having the time of my life. And then Russ comes up and sits down and I felt like a shoe. He sits down, and he's like, ahead, if I sit here, I'm like, no, no, you know. And uh He's like, so what, what's your what's your plan? I go, oh, yeah, I just passed my route switch. You know, he's like, oh, what are you thinking about doing next? And I'm like, oh, I think I might go for my data center CCIE. And he goes, you should look at your CCDE. And at the time, I had zero, like, zero uh, knowledge of it or or uh, any reason to want to go for it. And I'm like, okay. He's like, well, if you ever have any questions on your CCDE, just reach out, you know. And I'm like, all right, well. <laughs> and then he, he puts his badge up there, and I'm like, Oh. <laughs> i'm <Like>, sitting <laughs> <like, laughs> there talking to russ i had no idea and then uh and, and and bo williamson god bless him god rest his soul he um he came over to that same table and we were all just talking and then i didn't realize who i that it was bo that i was talking to we sat there for like an hour you know and here we are i don't know what is that uh seven and a half years later or something uh still doing stuff together which i appreciate um I guess that was a long-winded way of saying the first part. And then, Tom, back to your question, it was uh, you see all these people because they're local, and then you run into them in different areas. Like you'll you'll run into them at the Cisco Connects, you'll run into them at the vendor-neutral events, you'll run into them sometimes even at like. You know, places place you would never expect, like shopping malls or downtown Chicago, we'd be walking around and I run into somebody, hey, man, I, I saw you at Chinog. And I'm like, oh, hey, you know, and it's just one of those things where it's such a tight community. And we have people who are learning more, like uh, watching some of these talks that, that Russ and Fish and all these folks give. They learn these technologies. And then they go focus on it more when they leave and then they'll follow up in slack or on you know whatever whatever tool and they'll text messages or whatever and we'll give them more information and point them in different directions and some of them have come back as speakers and the people who want to actually volunteer to help run and, and help you know get the, get the scale and growth engine so it's been a lot of
2: fun so, so do you think there's a lot of job hopping and job hunting that goes on at these types of events?
1: I can tell you that um, some of these sponsors will uh, definitely be scouting some of the folks that are walking through there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So being that this is a vendor-neutral event, uh, you know, obviously I do work at Cisco, but it's a vendor-neutral event, and the whole idea is there we want to keep uh, the talks vendor-neutral. We want to keep the the whole premise of this is not a product sales pitch right the whole idea is these are real engineers and operators who are getting in to try to learn something maybe something new or maybe a reinforce something that they've already they already know but want to learn more of and we 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 kind of keep the sales pitch out of the whole thing the only thing we ever do is say hey if you liked what you saw tell a friend invite a friend and hopefully see you at the next one right
2: so you say it was really important to keep it vendor neutral that the vendor yeah. neutral has been key to making this work for right. as a community I believe so and the, and the reason being is
1: there's very rarely any one customer who has just one vendor and we all know that right that is design principle rule rule number one right or rule number eleven uh, it's 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 that you know you have this you know vendor agnostic environment everywhere you go so to make it open for everybody to learn technologies at like a macro level right you're talking about what is software-defined WAN in general not not name-brand in front of it what is software-defined WAN, what is automation, what is BGP security used for, what are tying in some of these crazy topics. Nothing apparently. Yeah, nothing right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I can put a password on my peer? No but you know it's like you know what are all these different technologies used for why are they important and valid and then what we do is if you're if you sponsor to a specific level specifically if you do a gold sponsorship we give you a booth which essentially you have a table for two hours during our welcome or, uh, or uh, reception in the evening you know where we do all the raffles and all the stuff you have a two-hour you know time to pitch whatever you want give away whatever swag you want you know have a demo or two or, or whatnot, you know and and that's that's proven beneficial for a lot of the sponsors because they get to they still get to engage the customers who attend this and as well as get information back from them to see if if there's value or if they can create a mutual relationship or uh
2: or business relationship interesting yeah, so on the community side i'm going to get back to Yvonne's line of questioning because I know Yvonne wants to know more about community <laughs> How do you? Do you, how do you think you foster how do you get around to practically fostering this type of community because it seems to me like you talk about a slack you talk about when I go to when I go to shine on there's just as much hallway conversation as yeah. there is presentation so are is that intentional is that something you think just grew out of this or I mean, if it is intentional, how are you doing that? Or or what are you doing to make that happen?
1: So a little bit of both, right? So so just like a lot of these major conferences, you know, when there's sessions going on, there's still people kind of trickling out from the previous session or having side conversations or, or talking with the presenter. And one of the things that we talk to our speakers about is, hey, you know, Feel free to continue the conversation, right? We want to keep everybody on track, but we, you know, so so get out of the room. But feel free to keep going with the conversation because that's how you engage with the actual attendees of these events, right? And you build your social network, you build your professional network, and one of the things that it's organically gotten bigger, essentially, just the the ad hoc conversations that happen afterwards. And then one of the things that we started doing a couple of years back was kind of similar, just called table topics, right? So where you would take a, t- a topic, you would write it on a piece of paper, and during that reception, we would set it down in the middle of the table, and then if you want to talk about software-defined WAN, or automation, or programmability security, you can go sit down at that table, and usually what we try to do, it's not the easiest because you know this is a, this is a vendor neutral event so which is also very uh, fun and interesting to uh, navigate sometimes uh, we have to specifically place certain people at different areas of the room um, you know and maybe not so much at the same exact table so when we have um, when we have presenters talking about one technology that might bridge different vendors we might have to do multiple groups but the whole idea there is we're just trying to get give the the customers or the attendees, who technically are all our customers, the attendees the chance to learn more directly from like the person who just spoke about it. so. It's been it's been okay. Nobody's thrown any like darts or rocks or, or glass bottles or anything in the last nine years, but uh it's it's been fun because you we do have that ability to kind of kind of to your point, Russ, foster the conversation and kind of keep it going throughout the entire day. I mean, it goes on you know, when the presentation's going on, it goes on in the hallway, it goes on during the breaks, it goes on at lunch, it goes on at it's, you know, the evening reception. And then frankly, every single year I don't think there's been one year that after the event, a whole bunch of us went to some place to get pizza or food or something, right? So it kind of really does foster it. It almost fosters itself
2: kind of in a way. Okay. Interesting.
0: And and so let's say there's there's somebody in the, you know, uh, eastern, you know, side of the country or, or somebody who really struggles to, to get funding to go to a conference at Cisco Live or um, they just can't give a whole week. What – what would you say to folks who are maybe on the fence or thinking and maybe I belong, maybe I don't belong, um, questioning whether or not this is the kind of, kind of event for them. What would, you, what would you say to kind of push them over the edge?
1: Sure, um, I, th- I would say I'd start with two things, right? So uh, one would be to go to the website, because on China.org we have pretty much links for all of our past events and then all the videos and, and courses and correlating presentations that go along with all those. So you can actually go back and look at what was discussed or talked about and see if it's of interest to you. And then when we do our call for papers, which we just kicked off, you'll start to see there's a list of um, on chi- China.org of all the different things we want to get speakers to talk on. You can look at those to see if that's something you might be interested in. I Frankly, I've had everybody tell me that this is, this is basically like a one-day little Cisco Live. I've had a lot of people say that it's, it's got the structure of that where you have, you know, you might have one giant room to kind of talk through some major, major uh, technologies that kind of everybody wants to learn about. Now, service providers need to learn about SD-WAN just as much as a consumer or a network operator does. It's just a different. Aspect of how they would deploy it, so some of those big big events we kind of open up all the rooms and have that as one You know one or two giant Super sessions, so to speak and then now we've broken it up in the afternoon where we would have again to to my point earlier maybe service provider and you know some of the hefty automation things like you know whatever Programmability or things that you would use to do multi-tenancy or some of that kind of goes together And then we take things that are like more route switch um, you know wireless enterprise networking security kind of focus and we make a separate track out of that and so far that's been working out we've had a lot of good feedback that they like the split in the afternoon um, the only step past that that we can think of that we've been talking about is like if we split anymore we'd almost have to have two days because then you would need you know one track one day one track the other day and um, I don't know that we're there yet as far as, I mean, room-wise, we're, we're struggling. Um, we've, I mean, I think the last place we are doing it uh, for the last two years was the the Holiday Inn in the, the Mercantile Exchange in Chicago, and that was about the final place that we found it was big enough that has a room that we could put 300-and-something people in and still do breakouts um, that wasn't just astronomical from a price perspective, right? Um, and, and I think as we, we do this and, and maneuver, it's a lot easier to ask somebody locally, hey, come out for a day than it is to say, we need you to stay two days. You know, and if for all the people who are traveling in for that, yeah, and then it's hotel costs and all this other stuff. So we're, we're still on the fence if we're gonna extend it any more than that, but uh, it's been pretty good so far.
0: When I just pulled up the, the call for presentations link on the website. And, and I mean, there's some interesting stuff there. Everything from automation, 5G, overlay networking, SD-WAN, traffic engineering, data center fabric. So, you know, and even uh, uh, looking for academic research in networking. Um, so if, if you're in any way connected with the networking industry and pushing packets around, there's, there's something on this list that, that will appeal to you
2: yeah cool so i uh yeah i mean i i've gone a couple of years i think three or four years now i don't actually remember i always enjoy Shinog. i enjoy the community i like the i like the discussions outside the outside the room um most of the time As with most conferences i don't end up listening to the presentations it's not against the presenters it's just because there's so many people to talk to in the hallway that i just end up trapped in conversations for hours on end i'm just talking to people and then i go back and end up watching the presentations later an important point about actually recording the presentations is that people can do that they can use the conference to network and then go back and Hear the conversation later, um, which is quite helpful uh, to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think I think that was one of the other the things that uh, I mean, and we're we're still everybody's still experimenting and learning as we as we continue going on. Some folks wanted to see remote attendance, so we haven't really put anything into place for that yet. But it's been it's obviously we're talking about it because not everybody can get to Chicago and same thing. Now it's starting to get to the point where a lot of people are, are seeing it on LinkedIn and Twitter and they're asking about it and they're not even from anywhere either within this country or far, you know, far out from where Chicago is. So trying to find ways to to help them out too, so they can feel involved. So it's, it's, we're getting there. We're still kicking around some ideas, but it might be something coming soon.
0: Well, I think one of the things I'd like to know is, I mean, this is a lot of work, right? Anytime you're you're building community and you're trying to uh, get people together around a professional topic where there's not, you know, an explicit change of hands when it comes to dollars and cents, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. And what, what keeps you motivated or what is it that, you know,
1: yeah, I mean, what's rewarding for you in this? You know, honestly, I, I usually about this time of year when we're starting to ramp up right before May, it's you know, I'm grinding grinding everything out and I'm like, why am I doing why this? Do this? Why yeah. am I doing this? Right? <laughs> um, but you know, the, honestly, being at the event and You know, being part of it, but also kind of standing back and watching it happen is one of the coolest things I can say because I remember when there was no event, it was just three of us or four of us sitting in, like I said, a pub and discussing this idea, this grand idea, and to be able to see the whole thing go without a hitch. And, you know, if there's a. A video problem that, that that we have a video guy that can fix it, and all these things just just kind of dynamically happen, and the presentations are going, and then everybody's having the sidebar conversations, and 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 the, really the energy is fantastic. That I think is the biggest thing for me is just to watch it happen, because um, then at, at the end you're like, okay, well, you know, we did, we did that, you know, we they liked it they, they really liked it evident that more people are here this year and you know it's kind of like one of those things that I feel fulfilled just making sure that it goes awesome right <laughs> um, and then outside of that I don't think about it for another half a year and then uh, we, we start planning to back up at the beginning of the year again and uh, <laughs> you know how it is
2: yeah yeah sure sure awesome well I don't have any other questions do you Tom? no I think I'm good thanks Jim you you're good Yvonne, any more? No, I'm good. Thank no, you. No, we're done beating up Jason. Oh, oh. Jason, we're going to let you off the hook. You can go back to sleep in your hospital bed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I really appreciate you all having me on, and uh, I, I love and, and thank you for the support for Shinog. It's been an amazing event, and we're hoping it's even aw- more awesome and that maybe everybody here will come. So, uh, we're looking forward think, to it. And
2: think about starting events like this in your own city, even at yeah. a smaller scale. Think about you know, how we can as a networking industry, because one of the things like Yvonne said at the very beginning is that, you know, the networking world is so much more welcoming than many other worlds as far as taking people in and training them and bringing them up to speed. And we've got to keep that going if we want the future network engineers to go. I mean, eventually I, I have a couple of college professors I want to bring on to talk about the problems and what they're seeing in the network engineering world. And I know that, for instance, I've talked to several people who've told me that certifications are actually diving. Like the number of people, the absolute number of people with expert level certifications in the networking world is actually falling. And I'm not sure that's a bad thing or a good thing. I'm just saying it's a thing. So we've got to think about how we drag more people into network engineering because regardless of what we think about cloud and stuff, we need network engineers. I mean, we just, it's just part of the world. So I think events like this are really great for that. So. um,
1: If if anybody wants to reach out to me to talk about it or has any questions, feel free to to ping me. Yep. Great.
0: How do we find you? I don't believe that we've, uh, We've
1: shared that yet. How do people oh, find you? Uh, so a couple ways. On LinkedIn, so just Jason Gooley on LinkedIn. And on Twitter, it's at Jason underscore Gooley. And if you're into metal music and uh, technology, I run a show called Metal DevOps, which is at Metal DevOps on every social media platform. And uh, it's just about metal music and building a community about technology. So
2: so so they actually do dev. They actually uh, use scripts to create metal music. That's no. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: It's so much fun. Or they use metal music to create their scripts.
1: It, it, it's, it's been fun, a little bit of both, really. Yeah, um, it's, it's been a really cool, cool ride there because I, um, I started that show out of somebody kind of putting me on the spot and saying, well, "We noticed you have no YouTube channel. There's no, you know, you don't have any shows or blogs or anything. You know, where's, where's your blog?" And I said, "I don't have one." And said, well, if you did, what would it be? And I'm like. Metal DevOps, you know. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, that sounds awesome. What is it? And I'm like, uh, you know, it's metal music and technology and building a community and da-da-da-da-da. Oh, very cool. We're very much for- looking forward to it. And I'm like... I guess you got to go do it now. Wait, is everybody yeah. Do something? So I, I did that whole weekend. I kind of just went out and I got the, the website and, and all the social handles. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, and um, it I, it now is, it's funny. It's actually now endorsed and sponsored by some of the folks from Megadeth, um, and I've been having some major major rock stars on the show to talk about technology. And I thought it was gonna be, <laughs> I, I thought it was gonna be like you know we're gonna talk about DevOps and you know stuff like you're doing on a command line and, and like github and all this and it flipped and it turned into like talking to these major rock stars about technology and how they use it and you know how wireless is pervasive on stage and it just i don't know it just went completely off the wall but it's been a lot of fun and well like, that's really hey, cool i'm wearing cool. a metal shirt myself right now <laughs>
2: You know, but me doing this to Tom hasn't changed anything. Tom, are you blogging yet? No. (laughs) (laughs) I get this lashing every time.
1: So now I think I'm video logging, right? I'm vlogging. Vlogging, yeah. There (laughs) you go. YouTube channel and all this. Yeah, Yeah. that's good.
2: So, Tom, where can people find you other than Uh, not having a blog? (laughs) Yeah, the non-existent Tom Ammon blog. Uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, Tom Ammon on both. Okay. Okay. And Yvonne, now now that you've made your comeback, you've got to join us for more hedges. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: We need need more Yvonne. We need more Okay. All right.
0: (laughs) i'm in i'm in i think i've got my schedule in line now and so hopefully i could be here more uh you can find me on linkedin at yvonne sharp or on twitter at sharp network um we're not even going to talk about the blog i'm going to just preempt Russ there and <laughs> we'll talk about it later
2: all right excellent well thanks for joining us for this episode of the hedge and we'll see you next time
1: you for joining us. You can find the hedge at rule11.tech.